Good morning. Good morning. Be authoritative. I'm glad you're awake, Doug. I'm glad you're awake. Well, it is good to see each of you here this morning and uh, a special service. We are going to be going over quite a bit of information today. So we will also be giving you handouts uh, over the weeks ahead so that you can remember. Don't expect you to remember all of the information that we present to you today, uh, but it will take uh, a little bit of time to be able to get used to. I did want to share a just a few announcements. They were on the uh, notices this morning, but I want to make sure that you understand uh, or remember what is coming up. Uh, by the way, it is not January the 29th. We know that. Uh, but we, nobody was here last week, so we decided to go ahead and use them for this week. And uh, that way we can save some paper, be a, a little bit of a good steward of uh, what the Lord has given us. But uh, this last week on Friday, uh, Gabe Pena, Brother Gabe, raise your hand. Uh, we had the first men's morning discipleship, 8 o'clock at Perkins. And uh, for those who wanted to have breakfast, they were welcome to do so. And uh, we would like to encourage you uh, to join us. We are going through Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes. And, uh, and then the ladies, as I understand, and talking with uh, Violet uh, and uh, Sister Jasmine is in the nursery. But uh, they are going to be going through Disciplines of a Godly Woman starting in September, uh, Lord willing. And uh, so we would encourage you to be a part of that. And uh, we're meeting for about an hour. We want to try to be able to make sure that everybody is, uh, uh, all the men that, that are headed off to work will have time to be able to get in and to be able to get out. Tomorrow evening, uh, February the 6th, on the first and third Mondays of the month, uh, Sister Laura, raise your hand. Sister Karen, raise your hand. Uh, see them, but there is a time of prayer and fellowship uh, tea and coffee, whatever, is going to be downstairs here at the church starting tomorrow at 6.30. And uh, we welcome you to come see them. And then, of course, when Violet gets back, uh, she'll be a part of that as well. And uh, looking forward to that. Matthew 28 is one of five places that gives us the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, so we are going to do our part to be able to do that on February the 25th uh, at 8 o'clock. We are going to meet here at the church for anybody who would like to join us. And uh, we are going to be passing out uh, these booklets here. Uh, John and Romans with a little card, some information from the church and a gospel track, which is this one right here. And uh, we're going to be passing those out, Lord willing, to about a thousand houses uh, here in uh, on February the 25th. And I believe we are going to be having uh, a breakfast, uh, just a light breakfast here at the church. We would like you to be a part of that. Kids can come as well. We're not knocking on doors. We're just passing them out, putting them on the door handles. Uh, February the 26th. Frontier School of the Bible will be with us for Sunday morning as well as for uh, the, for the Sunday school as well as for the Sunday morning service. And up here, uh, we can pass uh, the, the board around, but there is a sign-up sheet uh, for uh, the kids that are coming. They're going to be about 20 kids. Uh, 
Uh, from Frontier, they're all young people. Uh, so we are going to provide lunch for them and have a church lunch. So that means that uh, doing a potluck, if you bring enough for you and your family and a few more people, we'll have enough to be able to feed everybody on that day. And uh, we encourage you to join us. Uh, they've been here before. They came about two or three years ago now. And uh, we're looking forward to having them. Lord willing, on March the 5th, we are going to have Constitution Sunday. We, as you know, have adopted by unanimous vote, adopted uh, a brand new constitution with the doctrinal statement. And so we're going to be having a special service on March the 5th. And Lord willing, uh, we are also going to have a baptism that day. And uh, so we are encouraged uh, to do that. We'll give you more details later. Um, but one of them is Brother Corey. Uh, Brother Corey has uh, come and has spoken with us, has shared his faith, and uh, has a desire to be baptized. And uh, so we will give you more details in the time to come. And then on April 28th and 29th, this will be our second annual Christ Alone Wyoming Conference. And uh, we want to uh, give you more details as the weeks go by. But uh, this actually will be, we're going to give you some websites to be able to go to. But this, uh, the title for this conference will be The Sovereignty of God in a God-Belittling World. And uh, we encourage you to make plans now to be a part of that. Uh, we have uh, two uh, gentlemen who are coming as well to be able to share in the ministry for those two days. It'll start 6 o'clock on a Friday evening. We'll have a lunch on Saturday. And, uh, and then we will conclude early afternoon on Saturday. So uh, we are looking forward to uh, looking at how the sovereignty of God affects every aspect of our lives. And uh, I pray that you'll be encouraged as we prepare for that. So thank you for being attentive this morning. And uh, we're going to have Sterling come at this time to be able to lead us, or John as some of you call him. Uh, to be able to come and uh, introduce our next section of worship. Good morning. Good morning. So before we start with our first hymn, I'm going to read a couple of verses from Psalms and 1 Peter. Psalm 133.1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And then from 1 Peter 3, verse 8, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So today's going to be a little different. We're not singing from the hymn books. We're going to have it up here on the screen. And I'm going to go ahead and have everyone stand with me. And then Hannah... Can you turn the volume up, please? Thank you. 
service of prayer and confession. I'm going to read something a little bit first. I have a couple scriptures that I wanted to read. But first, these thoughts are both sobering for the believer and for the non-believer. If today, if there's anybody who is not a believer, I would, can, I would want you to uh, come forward or have a con- conversation about how to come to faith in Christ without leaving. And then for the believer, I would ask that you be careful in how you live. Be wise and make the most of every opportunity. I'm going to read out of Malachi chapter 3. You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out the requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? 
But now we call the arrogant blessed, certainly the evildoer prospers, and even those who challenge God escape. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In the day when I make my treasured possessions, I will spare them, just as in compassion a man spares his own son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. And I have some reading from Ephesians chapter 3 as well. This is our prayer. For this reason I kneel before the Lord, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, to know that love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power, that is at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And we are going to come to our missions moment here. Uh, because Christ died for our sins, we spread the good news and missions. So North Korea, our two places we are talking about today is North Korea and South Korea. In North Korea, a cult has been built around the supreme leader, Kim Jong-un, the dead father of Kim Jong II, and the grandfather, Kim, to, Kim II Sung. Little is known about the underground church, but the government holds up to 100,000 Christians in labor camps. Pray the Lord will bring many of the oppressors and persecutors to himself. Then in South Korea, stagnation, division, authoritarian leadership, lack of holiness and discipleship, and lack of witnessing to those around them are huge problems in the church. Ask the Lord to turn true believers back to himself to become fervent in their walk with them. And I will go ahead and we're going to go ahead and have the next song. Uh, Rock of Ages and have everyone stand again. And Hannah is going to play the next one. Rock of Ages
seated. At this time, I'm going to have the men come forward for the offering. <laughs> Brother Doug, if you could pray and then pray for the uh, countries you just talked about as well, please. Dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we look at these countries, North and South Korea, the oppression that is happening, especially in North Korea, I just ask and pray that you will be with those Christians that are that are going through horrible things in those concentration camps. Keep their spirits up, Lord. Encourage them and strengthen them. For those in the South, that is freer than the North, I just ask and pray for the Christians to band together. Lord, you bless us in so many ways. Our church, our families, individually, and our country. And I just ask and pray that we return a portion of those to your kingdom here on earth. We ask that you uh, multiply it and speed it by its intended use. Be with the gift and the giver. We ask this in your most precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So the next song we'll play while the uh, uh, offering is being taken up, and we'll just stay seated for this one.
folks sounded like there was 3,000 of you singing this morning. (laughs) I appreciate you singing out. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we find ourselves this morning and we will read a few verses here. Ephesians chapter 4 and I would like to invite you to stand. For the reading of God's word, we will read verse 11 through 16, Ephesians chapter 4. And as we have shared with you before, if you do not have a Bible, there are Bibles there in the pews in front of you. And uh, if you do not have a Bible and you would like one, you are welcome to take one. And uh, as our gift to you this morning, Ephesians chapter 4. Beginning at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. May the Lord add his richest blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Brother Diego and I are going to be sharing several items with you this morning. But before we do that, and we are going to introduce every single ministry that we can remember if we have forgotten something, uh, then you will forgive us. But uh, our goal is to be able to share with you what Yellowstone has to offer. First and foremost, though, we want you to know and to remember that this is not Mark's church. It's not Brother Diego's church. It's the Lord's church. It is a church where the body of Christ comes together to be able to fellowship with one another on a regular basis. But to be able to come and worship together really requires some things on the part of each one of us here. For example, when we stand on a Sunday morning, we have to have spent time preparing our hearts to be able, whether it's teaching downstairs in or one of the classes, or to be able to stand up on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, we have to be prepared to be able to share with you what God's Word has to say. Now that's important because there are a lot of churches where you'll hear about man's opinion all day long. But man's opinion is not going to change your life or mine. Man's opinion is only going to have your focus taken away from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and from the glory of the coming King and the risen Savior and it is going to place your vision on something that is not going to amount to anything in the light of eternity. We sang this hymn, Be Thou My Vision, and like we have said before, there are many times that we sing hymns and sometimes we sing the hymns knowing the words because we've sung them so many times 
but we often forget to focus on what the words actually say and what they mean. So I'd like to read them to you once again. Be thou my vision. The hymn writer here is speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and he clarifies this by saying, O Lord of my heart. Do we remember what the first or the two great commandments are that were given by the Lord Jesus Christ? Number one, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, and mind. You see, and that's where you as a congregation come in, not because you are sitting down there and there's somebody, a man who is standing elevated on a platform. Sometimes we do this where we stand on a platform simply because it's convenient. And for those of us who are short, you can see when we're standing or when you're standing. I'm with you. Exactly. But the reality is that when we come together, we are here for one purpose. And it is not to look good in our Sunday best. It is not to do anything but to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I shared this on my Facebook page. If you're friends with me, you will know the video. Hopefully, you had a chance to watch it. I don't want you to ever walk out of here with any minister or any person who ever stands here on the platform and walk out patting that person on the back and saying, oh, what a great message. Oh, what a great pastor. Oh, what a great speaker. Because if that's what you're doing when you walk out of here, you have misunderstood completely the purpose of gathering together in worship. We should be walking out of here every single time we gather together for corporate worship saying, what a great Savior. That is the focus. What a great Savior. You know, I heard that message and there's something in my life that I'm struggling with. And Lord, thank you for bringing that to my attention through the work of your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. You see, that's what corporate worship does. But if we come together on a Sunday morning and we're not actually prepared to worship, if we come in and the last thing that we have done is spent time arguing with the spouse or getting on to the kids or the wife burned the toast this morning before coming to service or whatever it is that's going on in your life, I guarantee you that the evil one is going to find a way to be able to get your attention. He's going to try to distract you so that when you come in here, you're having a grumpy day, you've had a grumpy week or whatever has been going on in your life. And instead of focusing on the loveliness of the Lord Jesus Christ, instead of focusing on the reality that eternity is coming, he's taken our attention away. And so then we sing, be thou my vision, and we end up, be thou my vision. Instead of lifting up our hearts and our voices rejoicing in the fact that we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. What is it that has captured your attention this morning and mine or this last week? If there is anything that is in our lives that we think of more highly than we ought to think, including ourselves, or our jobs, or our families, or the possessions that we have, we have lifted up an idol over God, and we are worshiping something that God rightly commands us not to worship. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Here's a question for you. What do you think of when you've got your head on your pillow? 
What about those times when maybe you're struggling in your life or there's something that's happening, something that is going on, and maybe your pillow is wet with your tears. Maybe your life just seems like it's falling apart. I have heard a saying in the past that those whose Bibles are falling apart do not have lives that are falling apart. And I think there are a lot of times that we get so wrapped up in the world, we get so wrapped up in the things that are going on around us that we forget to spend time with God. Do you want to hear God speak to you? Open up His Word. Do you want to hear God speak to you audibly? Read the Bible aloud. You'll hear God speak to you. He will reveal Himself to you. And one of the things that I, I appreciate and I love about the God that we serve when we work, look in the Word of God, the deeper, the longer we go in your Christian life and mine, you know what it should be doing? It should be driving us to see a God who gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You and I should be getting smaller and smaller. We should become more and more insignificant as we find in the scriptures. He must increase, but I must decrease. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Verse 3, thou mine inheritance now and always, thou and thou only first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure thou art. The theology that is found in this hymn is just absolutely overwhelming at times. To think of what God has done, think about you on your worst day, you at the absolute worst, the most wicked, the most vile, the most vulgar you could have ever been or you have ever been in your entire life, and then look in the mirror, open up the word of God, and realize that the high king of heaven set his eternal love on you. And you won't be able to help but sing. Your heart will be filled to overflowing with the praises of the Almighty. One of my favorite hymns, Praise to the Lord the Almighty. Praise to the Lord the Almighty, the King of creation. All my soul praise Him, for He is my health and my salvation. Listen to this last verse. High King of heaven, my victory won. It wasn't because of you. When we get to heaven, we will find, as Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When we get to heaven, it won't be because you were faithful. It will be despite your lack of faith. It will be despite your lack of faithfulness. Oh, if only we were to look at our lives every single day and realize that the victory has already been won in Jesus Christ. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Does Jesus mean that much to you this morning? Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. We were talking about that this morning, and, and you know I don't, I don't bring politics into the pulpit, but everything that's been going on, I don't know if any of you even saw the balloon, uh, or the other one that's coming, or the one that might never come or never show up. You know, regardless of what happens, it doesn't matter 
please hear me out, and I'm not trying to be facetious here. It doesn't matter if we find ourselves in a war with any country in the world tomorrow, Jesus Christ will still be king. He will still be sovereign over all. He is the one that lifts up one and puts down another. He's the one that has allowed this great country and nation to come into existence. And I often have to wonder, with all of the things that have been taking place in America, with all of the depravity, with the fact that our government hates God so much that they would pass laws that defy the commands of God, how in the world can God still be merciful to us? You know, we, we often say, God bless America, especially July the 4th, everybody wants to wave the flag and, yeah, God bless America. How about we as a nation of Christians, those who are true Christians in the Lord Jesus Christ, what if every one of us were to get on our faces before God and say, God, have mercy on us and forgive us our iniquities? That's what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the king's cupbearer, he had everything. I mean, he didn't have to go anywhere. He was in the king's palace, living a great life. And we find in Nehemiah chapter 1, we find him praying, getting down on his face and saying, Lord, not only have I sinned, my father's house has sinned, we as a people have sinned, we as a nation have sinned. And it says that God heard his prayer. Still be my vision, O ruler of all. You know, there are many who claim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who think that Jesus Christ is not really ruler. They think that he can be their savior, but he's not their Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord whether you make him Lord or not. He rules supreme over all things. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11, or verse, starting at verse 11 once again. Paul is expressing to the church in Ephesus. He is sharing with them this mystery that was before not revealed. And he says that there were different ministries that were given. He talks about apostles and prophets. And for the sake of time, we're not looking to break this down this morning, but evangelists and shepherds and teachers. The word there is shepherd teacher, or those who not only guard or flock or, or, or guard the flock as a shepherd but they are also seeking to teach. And I believe this is not just teaching in our lives as far as from the pulpit is concerned, but teaching one another and being held accountable to one another. For example, Brother Gabe, as he was doing the, the men's meeting on Friday morning, and we were sitting there and we were looking at the scriptures and what this book has to say and encouraging our hearts one to another. That to me is being a teacher. That is helping to disciple and encourage the men to be able to do what we're supposed to be doing. Ladies, for those who are willing to come and be involved in the ladies' meeting and a time of prayer and fellowship, this, this is not, I can assure you, this is not like maybe some churches have. This is not a time of gossip and fellowship. This is a time of prayer and fellowship. This is a time where we want to encourage the ladies, just as we do with the men, to be able to come and spend time on their faces before God, even if it's just a little bit at a time, learning how to pray, learning how to approach the throne of God. I can tell you from history that the church that fails to pray is the church that closes. Back to verse 12. 
Why were these ministries given? Well, they are given, number one, in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I want you to do something. I want you to work with me here, all right? What are these? Okay. I want you to do this too. Raise your hands. There we go. Everybody raise your hands. Okay. Hands are for working, right? And that means that if God has given you a set of hands, whether figuratively or literally, you've got a set of hands, you have a responsibility to be involved in the work of ministry. Every one of us do. And, and there are some who maybe they do the soundboard or maybe they pass out tracks or maybe they do whatever it is that's, in, that's here. There are people who have worked on this wonderful elevator that I still don't know how to operate. <laughs> but this elevator that is around the corner here, it has taken a lot of effort and time to be able to put those things in. And there are many things that go on in the churches you're going to find out that maybe you weren't even aware of that happened or that are required just to be able to get to here every Sunday. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Secondly, for building up the body of Christ. How many of you like to be encouraged? <laughs> Me. I love to be encouraged. And I'm sure you love to be encouraged. And this is one of the reasons why I believe that we have, we have been working hard to be able to put all of this stuff. This has taken hours to get to this point this morning where we're going to be able to share with you about flock care. Because we want you to be encouraged. We want you to be able to walk out and know, or even if you're not here, you're sick or whatever's going on in your life, we are going to reach out somebody in this congregation and we are going to touch your life every single week. Now that's a pretty high task to be able to do that. But we are going to work on that and as we go through this, we're not only going to learn about you and you're going to learn about us, but we're going to even do things like try to remember your kids' names or your grandkids' names. Look around. Look at all, we have been praying for the first year or so that we were here, and Sister Deanna knows this, and, and others of you, we have been praying that the Lord would bring us young people. Amen. Thank you. And now they're coming out of the woodwork. I can't tell you how discouraging it is to go like when we were in England and my parents were in England for a number of years and to go to church year after year, Sunday after Sunday, month after month and see nobody that's under the age of 60 or 70. No young people. Five years we were in England, we never had anybody but our three boys ever go to a prayer meeting. We never had any children come and celebrate the Lord's table except for our three boys in the five years that we were there. And then these churches that are closing at a rate of one every four days in the UK right now, while a Muslim center or religious influence center of influence is opening every five days in the UK. And you know what's happening? A lot of these Muslim centers are actually buying up old chapels, old evangelical, old Baptist chapels because there's nobody there that is witnessing anymore. There's no more gospel presence. 
And we are fooling ourselves if we don't think that's going to come here to America. It's already coming. Thirdly, for the building up or to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ until what? Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me let you in on a secret. You and I are not going to agree on 100% of everything. Nobody is. If you if you haven't been married very long, you'll soon realize that you and your wife are not going to agree on 100% of everything. And the more you go in life, the more you're going to find that's the case. Your kids are not going to fully agree with you. And when we come to the church, there are differences and disagreements that we're going to have. The question is, do we handle them biblically? Do we handle them in a way that says, yes, we love Christ first and foremost, so we're not going to argue over the things that don't matter, like the color of the carpet or the color of the chairs or whether we have three hymns or four hymns or whether we use one particular version over another. We're not going to argue over things that in the light of eternity really don't matter. There are many churches that find themselves splintering and, and, and there are all kinds of awful things that take place in church. And the reason they do is because people were more focused on what they wanted to get out of church instead of what they could put into it. May I encourage you when you come to church, ask God, Lord, how can I be a blessing to somebody else today? When somebody walks in, the first thing we should be thinking is, Lord, how can I be a blessing to Brother Gabe? Not, I wonder if Pastor Mark's going to say something that's to me or to somebody else or whether we're going to sing the right kind of hymns or whatever. No, that's not what we're here for. Even with my own family. I, I have to be careful that when I get up in the morning that we are having a right relationship with God so that I can address any things that are going on in my children's lives so that they also are coming here prepared to worship. So having said that, we want to be able to share with you what is, I believe the Lord has encouraged us as we have looked through the word of God and I want to show you all of the things that are taking place at Yellowstone this morning. Now, every one of these areas could use more help. There's a lot of people here. I mean, can you imagine standing me standing up or Sterling standing up on a Sunday morning and say, okay, we're going to sing number so-and-so and Sterling's up here singing by himself? That's not a congregational hymn. That's a special And we don't want Sterling singing specials by himself. We want to sing together as a congregation because lifting up our voices allows you to be able to participate in the worship that should have already been taking place in your life and mine over this last week. You see, what you have focused on and the way you have lived your life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, if it has not been focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and you show up on Sunday morning, is there any reason to believe that your heart will now miraculously all of a sudden focus on Jesus? No. 
I have to be careful. I have to watch my own heart and my attitude so that when I'm standing in front of you, that hopefully the collective worship that we are having, if I have been focused on Saturday night on the bad things, if I have spent my time and my kids' times and we've been filling our minds with the things of the world, a Disney movie or whatever, and that's the last thing that we see when we go to bed and then we wake up on Sunday morning, guess what's going to be in their little minds? Disney. How about taking the time to be able to open up our Bibles, to read a psalm, to be able to spend time as a family worshiping God or memorizing a verse of Scripture so that when we get up in the morning, you might just hear your children singing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You see, that's what we want to hear from them. The world has nothing to offer that will ever eclipse the Son of God. Nothing. Here are some of the areas of responsibility. And again, I apologize in advance if we forget something. The music. Let's start there. And these are in no particular order. All of these things, I believe, fall under the category of spiritual oversight within the congregation, first and foremost. And I believe that is done with biblical eldership. And I believe then we also have deacons who will be involved in helping to be able to make sure some of these things take, get taken care of. But music is important. And whether it's Sister Janet playing, or whether it's some of you guys playing, or singing, I am amazed the more time goes by how many people I find out can play an instrument here. And yet I haven't seen any instruments up here playing. But I know that some of you do play instruments. Maybe that's something that you can give to the Lord. But when we sing, one of the things that we want to make sure is that even in our words that we are singing, that we are listening and singing theologically sound hymns. If the hymns do not point to Jesus Christ, they don't belong in church. There are a lot of songs that you can hear that are played on the radio like K-Love and others. And most of those hymns are written for the purposes of entertainment, not for lifting up the Savior. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. When you get somebody who is an entertainer, who will play and will write music, and then can stand and say before the world that we have no problem with the homosexual agenda, that is not a true Christian. Sister Janet over here has been playing the piano. She plays faithfully. And I am thankful for Sister Janet. And she comes up here. Many of you don't know, but she has shared. She plays by ear. And even in her plan, there are times when we'll be downstairs and we are in the prayer room and we are lifting up our voices and down through the floors getting down into the prayer room, we hear Sister Janet playing away. 
And there are times that she doesn't know this. We've never said this before, but there are times when we are praying and we hear the strain or the words of uh, some hymns or some notes that are being played, and it actually encourages our hearts to be able to lift up our voices in prayer. We don't tell her what to play, but we are encouraged that she does. So thank you, Sister Janet. The prayer room. The prayer room is probably the least attended out of all the services we have here. And I'm just sharing all of these things because I want you to be encouraged and I hope that there will be others who will be willing. For example, my wife has been praying for two years that there will be other ladies who would be willing to have a time of prayer and fellowship. Next thing I know, Sister Laura and Sister Karen come up and they say, would you be willing to announce... I didn't know anything about it. That's an answer to prayer. For those of you who wonder where my wife is normally at, right now she's down in Texas. She's visiting our son and grandson. But every Sunday during Sunday school, my wife spends the hour praying for every aspect of the service. Every week, you are all prayed for by name. Every teacher is prayed for by name. Every missionary is prayed for by name. I am thankful for my wife and her willingness to be able to lift us up in prayer. Flock care oversight. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But I do want to introduce some of the men. We're going to introduce them a little bit more here in a few minutes, but I would like Brother Tim Riefel, if you will please stand, Brother. Brother Jerry Orr. Brother Diego. Brother Gabe. My dad. Myself. We are the new flock care leaders. We're going to explain what that means here in just a little bit, but I want you to know who these men are if you didn't know them already. Thank you, brothers. <laughs> Preaching, teaching, and spiritual oversight of all ministries falls under the eldership of the church, and uh, our prayer is that you will not only be encouraged, but if you hear something that you question or something that you don't understand, that you'll come and ask me. Or that you'll ask Brother Diego. It's important that you understand what we believe and why we believe. This is why so much time was spent putting together not just a constitution, but a full doctrinal statement, because you need to know what we believe. I know it's a standing joke, but there are many who what you would ask them, well, what do you believe? Well, I believe what my church believes. What does your church believe? Well, my church believes what my pastor believes. What does your pastor believe? Why, funny you should ask. He believes just like me. <laughs> That's not what we want. We want you to be able to know what you believe and what we believe. Missions. We do have um, a missions, missions projects that we support, six or seven at the current time. And uh, one of the things that is amazing to me is that you can't outgive God. And I think this would be appropriate time to be able to share, Brother Diego, you're in agreement, Brother Sam. 
this last week on Wednesday, in fact, uh, we had received a, an anonymous gift uh, that came into the church. It wasn't normal tithes or anything like that, as far as we could tell. And uh, so we uh, uh, shared that with the congregation on Wednesday evening. And uh, Brother Breck Merkel, who is uh, involved in Southeast Asia, there is a church right now that is being built for the first time ever in all of history. Um, I can't remember the name of the people group, but they are an unreached people group. And this building is being built and a church is being planted. Well, due to the cost of materials, uh, there are some additional expenses that are involved in helping this congregation to be able to have tin on the roof or to be able to have door uh, there on the building. And amazingly, coincidentally, the amount that they need is the exact amount that we received as a gift. Now, per our constitution, we have the availability as the oversight to be able to make sure that the money is directed in the right direction. Um, and we would, we wanted to announce, as Brother Diego has shared, we want to be able to share with you um, that we believe that God would have us as a congregation to provide that gift, financial gift, to be able to see this new church building put up. And um, one day, you and I will never go there, we'll never get to visit, but I think it's amazing that one day we'll be with the Lord. The Bible says that there will be people from every tribe and tongue and nation and that we would have a part to play in helping this building be built. It may be one day that somebody will come up to you in heaven and they'll say, you don't know me, but your church helped to give so that we could have a building. That to me is a blessing. That's a miracle. God has been very gracious to us in our missions projects. We've gone from giving about 8% to giving about 13% in missions. And my prayer is that that will continue to increase. We actually received, we've been talking about one of our missionaries, and because this is going out online, we can't say the name of the country online for fear of some issues, security issues. But out of the clear blue, we received another gift for $1,000 directly earmarked to Cuba. So not only were we able to send our $400 a month, but there was an additional gift of $1,000 that went to Cuba. Amen. God has been gracious. We can't outgive God. Our Sunday school classes. Of course, my dad, if you were here this morning, my dad is uh, teaching this morning. We also have Brother Al, Brother Al Weber. I saw Sister Cindy right there. Uh, he's on his way, on, going on vacation to the Caribbean. No, he's not. He's going, he's going to Alaska. Yeah, yeah. He's actually on his way to Alaska where he's teaching a flight ground school for a week. And uh, he actually left this morning. So pray that God will give him strength and safety. Uh, on the trip up there and back again. But he is also one of our main class Bible teachers here and just recently concluded the 
uh, the, the um, book of Daniel. We have then Brother Diego over here who has been teaching the young people. This would be uh, roughly 12, 13 years old. Uh, and all of the young people right now, it's been mostly just my daughters. We have had a few other young people who have been in there in the past. And uh, I wanted to share this with you because maybe you're not aware of what actually takes place in these Bible classes. Uh, Brother Diego has actually been teaching through the importance of prayer. And one of the things that they have been doing every week when my wife has been in the class downstairs or, or doing the prayer time is that all of the young people have been going into this class for about 10 minutes so that they can also lift their voices in prayer. And that has been a great encouragement. There are times that I've heard my girls talk about what they have been going through and what they have been learning. And so I just want to say thank you to Brother Diego as well for being faithful. If you go down to his classroom, you will see a whiteboard, a massive whiteboard there. Uh, and he has small writing and absolutely fills that board up uh, many weeks. And he goes through every one of those verses. So it is a verse-by-verse -verse, uh, type class for the young people. And uh, the young people are welcome to be able to join him if you as parents decide that you would like to have them in there. And then Sister Deanna in the back here. She has been faithfully teaching the 4th through 6th grade uh, class. Now we do not have, uh, we don't want to stand on any formalities just to let you know, but if your uh, children would like to be in her class, you are welcome to have them there. You can have them here, you can have them in Brother Diego's class, whatever you would like. But in Sister Deanna's class, they have been going through answers in Genesis material. And uh, I, I have a lot of respect for Ken Ham, and uh, so the material that is there, this is not about feeding your kids cookies and Kool-Aid and coloring a cute little picture of Peter walking on the water again for the third week in a row. Uh, this is actually spending time hearing God's word being taught to them. And so we would encourage you, if you have any uh, desire or your children, to be able to talk with her to get more information there. And then, of course, we've mentioned Brother Gabe in regards to the men's discipleship class. Uh, my wife, she wanted me to mention, I talked to her this morning, she wanted me to remind you about, ladies, about the Secret Sister uh, program that is being started again. And uh, we will have more information on that for you as well next week. And then, of course, Sister Karen and Sister Laura in regards to the prayer and fellowship time. But that's not all. We have the nursery. The nursery, um, there are my daughter Abigail and Sister Jasmine are both in there this morning and uh, they are there to help be able to take care of the littles. There's a lot of discussion on uh, some people don't want to use a nursery, that's fine. Some people do, um, but we want to be able to provide a safe place for our young people, number one but also to be able to provide if they, if we have parents come in, especially that are new or that are visitors here, uh, God has brought them here for a reason. We want them to be able to have a little bit of peace and quiet. They've been taking care of the babies all week long and we want them to be able to sit there, to be able to enjoy the service if that's what uh, they have come for. And so families, if you want to avail yourself of that, you're welcome to do so. Hospitality. Now, we don't have everybody here, but Sister Deanna, Sister Janet over here, Sister Cindy 
over here. Sister Janice, over here, they are, and Brother Mike. He's got, so you, nope, there he is right there. Yeah, he's watching the door. Uh, these are our coordinators. And I want to share this with you because if you have a need, if you have surgery going on or whatever, we have the hospitality team that wants to be able to help take care of you as a family. We will provide meals for your family. We have been doing this already for if there's a new baby that's been born, we want to be able to help provide meals. We want to be able to help out in some way. You're not imposing. There's no charge for any of that. Um, we just want to be a blessing to you. And that, of course, means being involved enough to be able to talk to myself or Brother Diego or one of these, excuse me, one of these ladies. Brother Mike is actually heading up our conference event, which is the April 28th and 29th. And actually, if you'll get that ready, please, which is the first one? That one. Okay. The Christ Alone Wyoming Conference. If you have your phones, you're welcome to take them out at this time. This doesn't normally happen, so enjoy it for today. <laughs> but if you will take your phone and you will point and zoom in with your camera on that right there, it will take you to our website for that conference. You can register there and uh, pass on that information as well. And then... Let's go to the next one, and I am very excited about this one because we're talking about finances. Brother Tim, back there, and Sister Ann, uh, this has been a long time in coming, and uh, you can now give online, uh, praise the Lord, it moves us into the 21st and a half century, um, but that gives you an opportunity if you're not here or you want to be able to give a special gift. It's designated, you can give to OCC, to missions, to a love offering, to regular general offering, and you can do it all right there. Now, to be able to do that though, when you click on that picture, that website that comes up, you will need to register. Everybody that is here has already been registered as far as in the back office, we've got all your names. My mom has been faithfully updating the list like 17 times a week. Uh, but she thinks she's finally got it all and all of the names and the emails and the phone numbers and everything are in there. So once you register at, at either one of these, it will actually come to the back office and either Brother Tim or myself will then approve you and then you will be good to be able to use everything that is on there. Now, while we're doing this, Trenton or Sterling, can you pull up another screen and actually go to what so they can see what this will look like when it goes on? One of the things that I appreciate uh, as well is these bulletins. Gives you all the information. Um, we'll talk with Sister Karen about getting the date right on these from now on. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. She has done a very good job in putting these together. And if you have any announcements, if you will please notify her um, so that she can make sure that they are in the bulletin. They need to be to her by Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday of each week. Um, if she gets them on Saturday evening at 10 p.m., it won't be in the bulletin. All right? So if you can get that to her as quickly as possible. Now, 
Let's talk about flock here. And I'm trying to be respectful. This won't take very long, but I am going to ask Brother Diego first if he will come up and share some things about flock here. First of all, we really didn't visit on how much time I was going to take, and he had three or four points. I've got more than that. So the time, the time that this is going to take, no, I'll be respectful. Flock Care Group implemented 2023, and we've had this discussion about our vision for 2023 and where we were going with Yellowstone Baptist Church. Our Flock Care Group, you saw the men. We met and we came to the understanding of the commitment that we have to God and to this congregation and to this flock. Our meeting was in one way, in one accord, as we take this pilot program forward. So we first noticed that within the body of Christ, ministry is a sacred privilege and the duty of every believer. All members are to perform a vital function, both caring for each other, or caring for another, or building up another, or ministering to one another. Secondly, the church is a brotherhood. So there are the different New Testament terms to to describe the nature of the church, like the body, or the bride, or the temple, or the flock. The most frequently used term is the family, or the brethren. So we understand that with corporate gathering on Sunday and with the amount of people that we have, it's kind of difficult to get around and to associate with everybody or to talk with everybody or to build relationships in that short of a time due to the size of the services. It's just hard to get around to to do that in a short amount of time. So do you really form relationships? And that's what we're working on with this flock care group. So I want to answer maybe a question you might have is what is a flock care group? Well, the flock care group is a small group of church members who interact on a regular basis for the sake of fellowship. However, we're not trying to create six little mini churches out of this church. Okay. Another question you might have is, why does flock care exist? We exist to magnify God and to spread the passion of His glory. You already heard the two greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord thy God with all your strength, mind, your soul, mind, and strength, and heart. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what this flock care relationship is going to be like, forming relationships. We exist to magnify God and to spread His glory by making disciples and shepherding people. We need to invest in people, and that's what we're doing. Each flock care servant has together agreed to this primary mission. The primary mission of flock care is to minister to the care of the congregation, this congregation. So, how does this mission get accomplished? In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 46, the church there, they, de- they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. All very important. All believers came together. Every day they continued to meet together. So there was listening, there was monitoring, 
There was tracking. There was discipling. There was evangelizing. Nurturing. There was growth. That's relationships at work. Real relationships that care for the congregation by the flock care leaders. As Christ worked through them, we ask He be willing to also work through us. Blessing our flock here at YBC. Experiencing peace and love and unity. That same experience that they experienced in that New Testament church. We will be... uh, contacting each of your families of the congregation on a regular basis. We will form prayer calendars. We'll have book club studies, prayer partners. We'll have meals together. We may even exchange some recipes. (laughs) We'll learn about each other and each other's families. And maybe we may find out from our past that we even knew some some of the same people. He knows my older brother from about 40 years ago. Yeah. Each, with each group, it's not mandatory, but voluntary. As the leader's mission through this outreach, please be receptive to who might be calling on your family. Remember in that New Testament church, they met in homes. They shared possessions. They ate together. They greeted one another. They had hospitality. They cared for the widows and the widowers. And whenever it was appropriate, there was discipline as well. It's already been mentioned to their members, but this is my third point. Then the church is to be humble as a servant body. So each one of us are not going to be a forceful force in any of these meetings. We're not going to be, we're going to be humble in everything that we do in servanthood. Help us keep that way too. Jesus told his disciples repeatedly that the true greatness of his kingdom is achieved by humility. Lowly servants as, a char- as the character of the Lord himself. So keep us that way. Make sure that we stay that way. We had all the men... Stand. I'm going to have them come up here again in just a moment because we want to pray. But I, I wanted to reiterate a couple of things because the question did come up is this mandatory? It is not mandatory. Um, if you don't want to receive an email, if you don't really want to receive a text, simply let us know. That's it and we will take your name off of the list. doesn't mean we won't pray for you. It doesn't mean we won't seek to love you. It doesn't mean we won't invite you over for dinner. Um, but every single person who is here this morning has already, and others who are away for today, um, everybody has been assigned to a particular uh, a gentleman and his, uh, uh, his wife or their family unit, and uh, they will be reaching out, letting you know, hey, you're in my group. Uh, how can I pray for you? How can I love you? How can I help you to be able to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, this is true whether you're a member or whether you're a regular attender or whether you're just a visitor or you haven't been here for a very long time. 
and uh, we will be switching out. We'll give you more information and be providing some uh, handouts that will tell you a little bit more. Like, for example, every six months we're going to switch out. Uh, so you'll be in, uh, you may be in group one, but then you'll be in group two. Uh, and then in group three, and as we go through time, you'll be able to get to know other people and hopefully learn to love them. And uh, so I hope that this will encourage you this morning as we go through uh, this new year. Um, I can tell you that, that these men, the leadership here, we are super excited about what we believe this is going to do for Yellowstone Baptist Church. Uh, again, not to replace anything, but just to simply... Um, well, let's put it this way. I don't want anybody here to be gone for a Sunday and then you, nobody ever knows that you're gone. Nobody calls you. Nobody texts you. Nobody says, hey, why, why weren't you here? You know, are you sick? Do we need to bring a meal? Uh, anything like that. Because one week then goes into two weeks and then three weeks and then four weeks. And before long, we haven't seen you. And that is not what we believe shepherding requires we believe shepherding requires being involved in your life. So even if you're here, you're still going to get a text or you're going to get a call or you might get a card in the mail that says, hey, just wanted you to know, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying about you. How can we love you more in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? So as we conclude our service this morning, again, different uh, than what we normally do, but um, I would like to have our flock care leaders come up front here. Um, if you don't mind joining me today, um, again, if uh, you would join me, um, we want to commit this time to the Lord and to be able to commit uh, these men and their families um, so that they can do this to the absolute best of their ability. So gentlemen, if you'll come up and uh, you're welcome if your wife is here or Whoever, if you want them to come up with you, you're welcome to. Yeah, no, she says no. Okay. That's fine. If you have, uh, if you have any questions, we want you to feel free to talk with us. Um, if you have any concerns or you don't think things are working out, that's fine. Um, this is a growing process. And uh, learning how to be able to do this is going to take time. Um, by the way, just because you're not up here doesn't mean that we're not going to come talk to you. Uh, some of you we already have on the radar uh, to come and talk to you so that we can have even more groups as the church continues to grow. Uh, we're going to need more flock care leaders, people who are willing to uh, have people over to their home. Uh, or to go out and have a coffee or whatever it may be. And um, so as we go through, you're going to get more information from each one of these men, whichever one has you in their group. And uh, again, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Did you have anything else, brother? We want to conclude with a word of prayer and invite you to stand with us. We're going to commit this time and these men and their families to the Lord. And... Um, Thank you for coming today. Um, I ask that uh, again that you bear with us patiently as we try to work throughout all the to work through all the bugs. But uh, if there's anything that you have heard today uh, that may, you might say, "Well, I think I could do that," um, then come and see it. Come and see us. 
uh, you know, you may think, well, maybe the Lord would have me to give something or the Lord would have me to serve in a particular area. Uh, it may be that maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines and you're supposed to come and be a part of the fellowship and actually join here. We would love to be able to have each one of you to be a part of the membership here uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we encourage you to come and see us about that. But I want to conclude with this because Brother Diego brought it up as well. The most important thing out of all of this is that you don't walk out of here today if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ without speaking to us, without knowing for sure. The book of First John says that we can have the confidence that we know him if our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So we encourage you, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ today, that you'll come and you'll speak with us so that we can share with you the truth of God's word so you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are greatly encouraged with each of these men having approached them, having spoken with them, having been in each home to be able to see their love for others within our congregation and we're already seeing uh, them reach out to the people who are in their particular flock care groups and I pray Lord that uh, each person would be willing to be involved and that they would give us the opportunity to love them the way that we believe that your word tells us to love one another. The book of Acts said that they had all things in common and we want church to be much more, so much more than just coming together on a Sunday morning from 11 to 12.15. We want church to be an opportunity to see how Jesus Christ is working in our lives. There are going to be times that even the flock care leaders, just like myself and the other teachers, the other leadership here, that uh, there are going to be times that we need to be encouraged. And we pray, Lord, that we would find that as well as what we are able to do for others Thank you for the missions. Thank you for the, the money that we have been able to give and continue to give. Thank you for the way that you provide. We thank you, Lord, that we have had men here, Brother Sam and Brother Diego, who have served as deacons. And we are thankful, Lord, for their ministry. And we pray that you would continue to be with them in their lives. With each of these men and their family units, whether they are married or not, we ask that you would encourage them and help them to be faithful, help them to be godly men, help us to be a church of godly families, godly husbands, godly wives, and we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all the things that you have done in and through us and what you will do into the future. We know that the Aaronic blessing that was given in the book of Numbers. May the Lord keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. We pray, Lord, that your face would shine upon us each and every day. And as we move into the future, that you would help us not to be discouraged or downhearted at what's going on in the world, but that we would see Jesus Christ only. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us the way that you guide us step by step and the way that you are taking us here at Yellowstone. It's not accomplished by just one person. It has to be accomplished by everybody working together for the sake of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask this because you alone are lovely and worthy of our praise 
And as we go from here this morning, we pray that you will be our only vision. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you for coming today.